If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. Welcome to Frank and Beans, everyone. Frank and Beans, the sex and relationship podcast. We're on Vanessa. And I'm Greg. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm Beth. No. <laughs> and I'm Brian, but we we need to say that more like boring, and <laughs> right? Drawn out. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Even though <laughs> Vanessa isn't a licensed psychologist, she did do a lot of research for the show. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> the that was spot on. The reason we're saying that is that Brian and I both uh, just started listening to another podcast called Cults. Um, <laughs> you know, because we're deranged and. <laughs> And we're going to start our own cult. And we're going to start our own cult. But the show is like embarrassingly scripted. <laughs> there are no <laughs> hot takes. It's just. No. And the hosts are so like unnatural in the way that they say things. Like <laughs> like they're like say a term like, you know, a pedophilia or something. And she'll be like, I'm not sure I know what that means, Greg. Could you perhaps <laughs> say it in a different way or provide an example? It's like. No one fucking talks like that, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, every single episode, Greg says how Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist, but she did do a lot of research for the show, and she always goes, thanks, Greg. There's so much disdain in her fucking voice. It's amazing. Right. Thanks, Greg, for pointing that out. Thanks for mansplaining everyone's, (laughs) my role to everyone listening. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. We were crying. (laughs) We're like, we have to just do a whole episode as Vanessa and Greg, and they're like, Mm -hmm. they're so into using these like big terminologies that are just like totally unnecessary. Like, what was the one that I was saying for Greg? Shit. Oh, I forget. (laughs) It was like, um, Greg loves the term. Oh, uh, what is it? Wax. Something. Oh. Uh, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. Anyway, they love using big terms for no reason. It's like, okay. I'm not we... sure what that means, Greg. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, let uh, me mansplain it to you, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Right. Lucky for them, their content is amazing because... Cults are fucking crazy. And me and Brian were like, wait a minute. Why have we not been starting a cult? Okay, we've wasted so much time not taking stupid people's money and apparently... Having all the sex in the world. Yeah, having all the sex in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But would you think... I mean, you know, they started a podcast together. Greg and Vanessa did. Would you say that they're soulmates? (gasps) Brian, that was Damn such it. a good segue. I was so proud mm. of you. Uh, Boom. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I don't think Vanessa and Greg are soulmates. Mm. You can hear it in their voices. They are not. That's right. They hate. <clears throat> they, have, they have a scripted disdain for one another <laughs> <laughs> that they portray very, very well. But a soulmate, Brian, is different. And, you know, I know the notion of a soulmate is, like, this grandiose sort of, like, Hollywood idea of this, like, insanely intense romance that doesn't really exist. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that idea and that notion ruins love and relationships for a lot of people because, you know, it just plants this idea of like this perfectionism that sets an unrealistic and an unhealthy expectation. Yeah, for, for sure. For your relationship. And people aren't perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing, no, and when... Yeah. When you when you suggested doing an episode on soulmates, I was like, "Blah, that's disgusting." And I was like, "Hear me out." <laughs> <laughs> but it's you not know, what I did you a little said. bit of reading on it. Uh, you sent me a couple of articles on it, and it was like, "Okay, I can get behind this. It's right. not this lovey dovey stupid thing." Right. I felt like it was important to express to the audience and you know everyone listening that that idea is bullshit. But there Mm -hmm. is a very realistic, healthy way to think of soulmates. And I believe very much that these people exist in our world. And I say people because I don't believe at all whatsoever that there is only one perfect soulmate for you. Yeah. See, I think that's ridiculous. And that this one person is within your 20-mile Tinder radius is even more unlikely. Yeah. In fact, the one uh, definition that I sent to Brian that completely changed his mind about it said contrary oh but first i should say that in a 2017 Monmouth university poll uh, apparently according to this poll nearly two-thirds of american adults believe in soulmates that's huge yeah but contrary to popular belief a soulmate is not you know this grandiose idea a soulmate is a person that has a very specific pur- purpose uh, in your life, and once the specific purpose has been fulfilled, the relationship is free to dissolve. According to some, soulmates actually come into our lives to challenge us, to help us grow in a way that serves us and moves us forward. It's not the job of a soulmate to accompany us through life and share in every detail of it, but instead, you know, has a purpose to fulfill to make your life meaningful in some way. I like that. I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, you're just stupid goo-goo in love with somebody and this mm. is the person for you. Yeah. Um, and because each soulmate has a specific purpose, we can often have more than one, which is, again, mm-hmm. not what we're used to hearing or even, even saying to ourselves, you know? Right. Sometimes a relationship with a soulmate can feel overwhelmingly sad when it ends, because that energy was so strong and intensity is one of the things that every article I saw on the internet like shared about mm-hmm. what this relationship is. But I think, again, one of the important distinctions from the Hollywood ideal and reality is that intensity goes both ways. You know, it can be very high and very low. Right. And, you know, because of that, this feeling confuses people into thinking that they long for or desire this other person. And it leads to a lot of these relationships ending up going a lot longer than they should be past the purpose that they were there to serve. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, like a perfect example is like my mom and dad, like my mom and dad were together to have sex three times. (laughs) I mean, really they only needed one and that was me, but, um, (laughs) you know, well, you came last, right? I you came were the, last. You were the youngest. Yeah, and, then and then they were like, like, we're done here. Yeah, we're done. We broke the mold. There she is. I know. Our purpose is fulfilled. <laughs> Good day to you, soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
one of the biggest kind of things that like I found again that is sort of a an important takeaway that you know normally I would put at the end, but I think it's so important. I wanted to say it up front is that this person is not going to complete you. Like, don't go looking for someone to complete you. Right. You should be complete and whole on your own by yourself. Sure. So, like, don't look for a soulmate to be the person who's your other half or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, make a specific list of qualities in a person who is right for you instead of, like, a generic notion of a perfect person. And then you will be much more likely to actually find one of your many soulmates on this planet of 7 billion people. (laughs) And also, I think it's important not to fall for, like, the social media trap of what... Oh, no. Yeah, you know this. Like, people Mm -hmm. who are in relationships will always post the positive and, like, all of the good moments, and it fills people's heads with the idea that this perfect relationship exists, when in all reality, like, these people, you know, like, those people fight behind closed doors. Oh, absolutely. Those people have problems and concerns that they aren't posting on Facebook. Well, sometimes they do. And those are the good moments in life where I... (laughs) (laughs) what I I still have social media for because I low-key love drama, but (laughs) (laughs) other people's drama, not my own. But yeah, so don't fall for that trap of like this notion of perfect. It doesn't exist. Social media is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Next time you see that, comment some time you were hanging out with those people that they had a fight. Put their ass in check. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, anyways, there's an idea that, you know, you have multiple soulmates over a lifetime and also that there are different types of soulmates too, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. And I just sent you, um, an article if you want to go over that. Oh no, you sent that to me, didn't you? I did send it to you initially. Okay. Um, That's fair. Do you want to go over the types real quick? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that that is an important thing to go over before we go over like, Kind of what I found as the things that all the different articles agreed upon are what a soulmate really is. But this is the five types of soulmates we'll meet and love in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is another really important thing that I sent (laughs) you that was like, no, no, this is what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. Right. And this is what I saw where I was like, wait a minute. This isn't what I know about soulmates. And this is. Yeah. So this this really kind of opened my idea to soulmates. Uh, plural mm-hmm. and um no I, I i'm not so like uh soulmates right right i'm so glad i could change your mind particularly you because number one is there it is the friendship soulmate yeah brian my friendship soulmate you know this is us sometimes is us. when we meet a person we just click from the moment we lay eyes on each other It's as if we've known them our entire lives, even if we've only known them minutes. You you tell each other everything. Check. So us, it's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, like, I have to stay on Brian's good side. He knows too much. (laughs) (laughs) Every gory detail of each other's love lives. It's, yeah. Um, uh, You could talk to this person for hours on end and never get bored. 
also us. Check. Yep. You share everything about yourself and they don't judge you. Check. These types of soulmates actually know you better than you know yourself, which is why they are extremely important in your life. They get you in ways nobody else does and help you navigate your way through all of life's trials and triumphs. So you can have friendship soulmates. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's number one on this list. That was the big one. Also, number it is one. scary how accurate that is us. I mean, like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, they get you in ways that nobody else does. I, there was something that I told you that was kind of embarrassing. I don't know if you remember with the, I know what you're the talking woman about. who was taking her shirt off. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I could not tell that to anybody else. There's no, no way. No way. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Couldn't do it. You know all my secrets. I mean, truly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Brian, it's not a big deal. And you're like, well, uh, and I was like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I would not even feel comfortable enough. Like, that's one of those things that I know you're the only person who would be like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up, Brian. Or, <laughs> no, you got nothing to worry about. You're fine. Right. <laughs> Your secret is safe with me. <laughs> but yeah. And I have other friendship soulmates, too. You know, like Megan, shout out, my friend in New Hampshire. Jenny and Laura, my two best friends since I was like a wee little preteen. And uh, yeah, you know, I have a lot of those people. So those are yeah. those it, like that type of friendship soulmate is a gift. And it is one that you should treasure your entire life because those are the soulmates that are there to stay. Yeah. So. What's next? I do like this one. The wrecking ball soulmate. Um, <laughs> Everyone I've ever dated. No. <laughs> right? So this soulmate is not somebody that comes into your life peacefully. They enter in to shake things up. They challenge us and they make us question everything we thought we knew about life. Uh, this is a clear before them and after them distinction when we look back on our lives and realize that we are not completely different. I'm sorry. That we are now completely different, a completely different person than the day we met them. There are so many people like this that I know. Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. Like, that is like the most interesting thing that I thought that they said about the clear distinction about life before them and life after them. Yeah. They literally define moments of your life and periods of oh. your life. <clears throat> oh, for sure. For sure. This might be somebody that um, you dated, might be somebody that you thought was a friendship soulmate turned out to be a wrecking ball soulmate mm -hmm. this is kind yeah. of like the dark side of it you know like they're more than likely gonna bring you pain in, of some sort right <clears throat> but there was something that i saw um with like the definition of a soulmate that was like this may not be a positive thing this may not be mm -hmm. it's not always going to be a positive thing it's something it's somebody that's going to redirect your life or Put your life on a different path, maybe a better path or something like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I think the the thing that they said here was sweetness and madness. And mm. I can remember a breakup that I had that it was a very difficult one. But one of the things that I said that really said it all is I, I said, I'm madly in love with you. And I'm mm -hmm. so madly in love with you that I literally am going crazy. Like, and that's why I have to leave, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting to learn that, you know, that that intensity is not always healthy. And mm -hmm. that, you know, 
learning and growing and being able to recognize that in yourself is a really serious thing in your life, you know? No, absolutely. And and they say that, you know, this type of soulmate, the wrecking ball soulmate, is kind of like a tornado hitting and leaving a mass wreckage behind. And oh, you're forced time. to rebuild after that. Yep. And that's really the key to this, too, is that, you know, like, the really bad breakup that I had, like, this is one of those where, like, immediately afterwards, I was at the lowest point in my life, like a scary low. Like, uh-huh. I scared myself. And the thing is, though, is that after I got through that, I, like, rose from the ashes like a phoenix, and my life has never been better. You know, the rebuilding that they're talking about. I rebuilt my best self after that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of times. Your your relationship that you went through, the one that I went through, like, after that, I've, I've done so much better. Yeah, and they're like, despite the feeling we don't know what the hell happened since the ride was so fun when it first started. So true. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's like, that says it all. Because it's like, I can remember like feeling like literally like, what the fuck happened? Like what? I mean, yeah. It goes from intense high to intense low very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you but you have to be grateful for those people in your life because they're there to teach you something. Yeah, here's here's what I was looking for. It says there are many other types of soulmates, uh, ones who come in solely for the purpose of teaching us something, some to break apart our life and redirect us to somewhere different, and some who pass us for the briefest moments, yet tug on our hearts as if we've known them a lifetime. Yeah, someone that changes your life in a profound way, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the third one is the lover slash affair soulmate. This is my favorite. (laughs) Hobby. These people don't stay in our lives forever, but they come in as a lover and typically take on the form of a really beautiful relationship for a period of time. They might be our first love, an affair we had while being with someone else, or no, I don't like that. Don't be a cheater. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or simply a lover who we had a no-strings-attached unconventional relationship with. These soulmates are meant to be in our lives for a certain period of time to teach us about ourselves and other important lessons that will be poignant and meaningful down the road. Typically, these types of relationships don't start off with that instant connection, butterflies in the stomach feeling that we think we should feel with a potential partner, but over time it builds and the relationship turns into something serious and meaningful. Soulmates like this often stay on good terms and become friends after their relationship ends, both realizing and acknowledging how much the other person has taught them. Therefore, Mm -hmm. that soul connection lasts a lifetime, even though the romantic love portion of the dynamic fades. (laughs) I was having trouble, like, thinking of an example of this in my own life at first, but Uh then I thought about it, and I was like, the person I cheated on the guy with in that one instance in my life who where I ever cheated... That's this person. Gotcha. Like, he was there to get me out of that relationship through a love affair of a sort that started as a friendship, and we remain friends now to this day afterwards. No, good point. So, yeah. Um, You know, and I often do this to where it's kind of like, uh, I'm really bad. I'm really good at dating, but then I'm really bad at the what comes after dating. 
And a lot of times it's just kind of like, well, let's just be friends forever because um, any type of relationship, uh, romantic relationship after that is one of us is going to leave disappointed and we're going to hate each other and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so let's just be the bestest of friends ever. And not ever risk being hurting each other. Right. I don't know. I don't know that you no. do that with everybody. Maybe not everybody. Like, I mean, but. I feel like that's like why we determined we were never going to date. You know what I mean? Because we were like, I'll destroy right. your life and I want you to be in my life forever. <laughs> like, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean. We've got a few friends that, that, yeah. that, you know, that happened with and it was just kind of like, eh, probably best to just, let's just be best friends because, yeah, like we've said it before, we're both giant pieces of shit and we will destroy each other's lives. Truth. Let's just be friends. <laughs> so when you care about someone enough to admit that out loud, which yeah. we admit out loud all the time anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. we disclaimer that regularly, but you know, it's hard admitting it out loud to someone else. And you know, if you care about someone enough to, to humble yourself in that way, then yeah, you probably do deserve to have a lasting relationship with that person. Even if that relationship turns into a friendship. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What's next? The next one. This one's a cool one. I, I like love this one. one too. Yeah. Yeah. It's the complete stranger soulmate. Uh, this is often a very brief encounter with someone you don't know. It might be the person you sat next to on a flight for a few hours, someone you met and spend time with one evening at a party, or as a brief stranger, I'm sorry, or as brief as a stranger whose eyes yours met on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see. The typical feeling is, oh, I recognize you. Almost as if you've seen them before and are remembering them, but can't place where. This happens to me all the time. Dude, I have the craziest example of this. Okay. Mm -hmm. This story is fucking crazy. Like, okay. So, for the audience, my mom died 10 years ago. And, you know, that was very hard to thing to deal with at the age of 28 when my life was in hot motherfucking shambles i was Mm. broke i mean i was sad it was a very long slow painful process and a couple of years after my mom's passing when you're really starting to like painfully recognize the absence of that person in your life Mm -hmm. i went to a super bowl party with my friend big gay alex (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't have any parties to go to. And he's like, just come with me to the my friend's, you know, party. You won't know anyone, but it'll be fun. This was the uh, Seahawks versus Broncos Super Bowl. Okay. And uh, I remember that I was the only person at that party rooting for the Seahawks. I was wearing like super blue and green eyeshadow and was just, like all decked out. You didn't know anybody was having a good time anyway. And um, keep in mind, I have never met any of these other people before. Like, Facebook really wasn't as, like, big as it was then. Okay, the idea is there's no way this girl knew anything about me beforehand. Mm-hmm. So this girl comes up to me and she was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second in, in another room? And I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking weird, you know? Right. So it turns out she was the sister of the girl whose house we were at, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I know this is going to sound crazy. You're going to think I'm nuts. And I had to do it away from the eyes of my sister because she doesn't believe me when I say this. 
She's like, but I'm a medium. And your mom is here. And she has something she wants to say to you. And it's so, she's urging me so much. I can't not say something. And I was like, I mean, I like almost dropped to the floor. Like, there's no way this random stranger knew that my mom had passed away. Right. And then not only that. But, like, she was saying some shit that was, like, crazy, no way accurate. Like, she said one of the first things that she wants to say is tell Jenna to forgive him. Oh. Yeah, I I know what that means. Yeah, For those who don't know, my sister's name is Jenna. And my sister and my dad, my sister will not forgive my dad for stuff that was a lifetime ago when we were kids, like whatever, not the greatest dad on planet earth, but my sister's very sensitive and holds grudges. And like, even when my mom passed, like it was father's day and I had to call my dad and tell him like, Hey, happy father's day. By the way, mom's dead. And cause my sisters don't talk to him. He was on the mm-hmm. next flight out there. Like, stayed with us by our sides for like five days was just like so good to us you know and it was like I just knew that that's what she meant you know and I know that there's a lot of bullshit mediums out there who like you know will take stuff that you're saying but for her to know my sister's name was just like I was like shaking scared and there were a couple of other things that she said I won't get too much into it But I was like, that is one of these people where it was like a random stranger. And then after like three of these like really crazy, insanely accurate things with like names or, you know, some other identifying factor that there's no way she could have known beforehand. She was like, I can tell you're getting upset. Like, do you want me to continue or, you know, do you want me to tell her we have to stop? And I was like, we have to stop. Like, I I will fucking like freak out and break down. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my crazy story about that. That is crazy. And that might be like a really uh, extreme example of this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, this happens to me all the time. And I don't know. I I mean, people, I don't know. I I just maybe I have the face to where people are like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, no, I'm not from around here. Yeah. Um, I'm usually you know, like I'm usually like when people say that I'm like I need to make myself less approachable looking. <laughs> right. My my normal response when somebody's like you look familiar I'm like do you watch porn? <laughs> You're like first of, of all I white all white people <laughs> look the same so. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm just a bald white guy with a beard. We all look the same. Our, our name is Tyler. It's fine. <laughs> I left my flannel in the other car. You know. All right. Yeah. But no, I mean, it could be someone like, you know, like it says that you literally just like a passing glance where you felt a connection. Yeah. It can take many different forms, but it is a neat thing when you do recognize it. Yeah. Okay. The last one they have is a divine love soulmate. Uh, And this is kind of the one that everyone hopes for. Mm -hmm. Um, You felt familiar the moment I met you. A lovely sort of deja vu. When we spoke or laughed or danced, I became overwhelmed by the powerful sensation that I had been here before. And when we kissed, I felt the energies of a thousand lives on it. See, this is kind of like a little too, like, this is that Hollywood stupid ideal, but yeah. This person doesn't exist. That's fucking stupid. Okay. 
Um, but they encompass all of the different people above, I think is like the main idea is, you know, um, and we'll get to that on this list that I formulated next. I think it's a good lead in. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think the best thing that they said here, uh, I love this quote at the end. When you meet one of your soulmates, whether it be for five minutes, five hours, five months, five years, or a lifetime, let the connection be what it is. This way, mm-hmm. if it stays or if it leaves, you will be softer from having been loved this authentically. Oh, Let them be who and what they are meant to be. No, that's good. And I've always said, you know... that I just whenever, got goosebumps. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. That's one of those things. And it's like... People are always like, well, I don't want to waste my time. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't want something that's going to last for two months and then it and then it poofs out. Or conversely, people settle mm-hmm. and expect no. that person to turn into this person. Yeah. Embrace that two months if that's all it's going to be. Embrace that relationship for all that it's going to be. If it's going to be for two weeks or like you said, what was it? Five hours or five weeks yeah. or five months or embrace it. Enjoy it. Right. And don't be bitter. When it ends, because you've at least learned something, you, you've grown in this aspect or that one, how, embrace that whatever connection it right. is. Be grateful for the positive energy you shared with another person. Yeah. And just let it be that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I I did a lot of research for this article because <laughs> there Even are so many articles Beth is about not a this. Licensed psychiatrist. <laughs> she did a lot of research for the show. Thanks, Greg. No, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, I kind of realized we were just sort of like reading articles for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, we keep running into the college essay thing where they're saying the same thing over and over. So I kind of like dissected all of them and picked all of the like themes that all of them seem to have in common about what a soulmate really is and what the expectation is that like you should feel with this person, right? Right. Real quick, it's kind of funny. Like, whenever we do, we try to find an article. Um, what was it? Was it um, there's something about Mary where uh, he picks up the hitchhiker and he's like, I got the greatest new invention, seven-minute abs. And he's like, no, there's already eight-minute abs. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 but this is seven minutes. Oh, my God. Like, that is the best yeah, analogy happens- I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when somebody comes out with six minute abs? No, this is seven minute abs. But it's the same thing when we try to find these articles. It's like yeah. 37 signs of a soulmate, 34 signs, 10 of a signs of soulmate, 18. That was literally what this was. It was like 10, 18, 36, all the signs of the soulmate. So I yeah. was like, I need to just dissect these, <laughs> weed out the ones that are repeats or like are saying the same thing in a different way. And like, yeah. And all of them had that. So these are just like all the ones that are specifically different do not overlap and we actually believe to be accurate because there was a lot of them where i'm like no that's stupid so i weeded it out yeah um okay so like number one the main one is like it's just an inexplicable unique feeling you have for one another that you've never felt for anyone else and that that inexplicable feeling can contain both intense highs and lows yeah that makes sense i mean we're kind of talking with the uh the wrecking ball yeah. Uh, it's not always going to be a positive thing. It's what makes it special and different from everyone else you meet on a daily basis or interact with. Yep. <clears throat> I like this one. The next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you may feel flashbacks of former lives you've lived together. 
if you believe in that sort of thing. I added that, if you believe in that sort of thing. Because <laughs> I know not everybody does. And, like, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know about, I like, have... a specific lifetime in terms of, like, a, a time in history. Like, we lived together in the 1940s and, you know, he went off the war. Like, I don't necessarily, like, believe that so much as, like, your energies existed somewhere else, you know, because energy is like transferable. That's a scientific fact. And it never ends. It just goes in and out of different things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like your energies are, have been drawn together in more than one place or time before. Interesting. I had a buddy, um, years and years and years ago I used to work with, he, he was much older than I was, but, um, he went to Rome one year for a vacation and I guess he he was like, he knew the streets like the back of his hand. He knew everywhere to go. He was like, no, you can't get here from here. We got to go this way. Um, it's like me in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get so lost in Chicago. I can't tell which way is northeast, southwest in Chicago. I'm just like, uh, I trust my Uber driver. I haven't lived there in 16 years. I still get phone calls from people who are lost. And I'm like, this is where I am. Tell me where I need to go. <laughs> it's like, first of all, lock your doors. <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyway, um, okay, number three, you just get each other. Yeah, I can I can see that one. That's a like this is the us one. Like we just mm-hmm. get each other. <laughs> like yeah, ma- maybe it's based on our mutual piece of shitness or whatever. But you know, could be, could be. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've noticed that a lot. Where you know, sometimes people just don't get you, and and that's what I said earlier. You know, that scenario that I had that I couldn't tell anyone else. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, there are, I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of the kind of person, you either love me or hate me. Like, you either think I'm hilarious or the biggest fucking weirdo ever and super inappropriate, yeah. which is entirely true. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> the next one that you've got is you accept each other's flaws and your own strengths, maybe what balances them out, bring out the best in one another. Yeah, That's a it's good one. it's like that yin and yang, you know, like mm-hmm. like the coming into each other lives for a reason is kind of like snowballs into this, mm-hmm. where um, yeah, you know, it's like the they accept whatever that like weakness is in you, almost because they understand in a way that they're there to help offset it in some way. So yeah, no, that's a good one. Oh, Dutch is barking at something. Oh, I heard him. Um. Yeah, there is a dog that moved into the house behind ours that has been barking nonstop for like two days, and I'm ready to go oh, no. put it out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, number five, you feel it's us against the world. This one I kind of think of us too, because we're always like, everyone else sucks and we're awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's everyone, let's see, it's um, everyone against us is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's a good one. Uh, Mostly just fans sometimes. of other sports teams. <laughs> no. That's true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you you know it's kind of funny because even even in Kansas City, nobody here really minds the Bears. You know, we're yeah. just kind of like we're just the Bears. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, man, in Northwest Arkansas, it was like I was an enemy. Oh yeah, 
um, hello, Everywhere I'm a Patriots fan. Everyone hates me. And like Brian becomes a Patriots fan when we're watching a game and someone's trying to talk shit to me. And he's like, oh, hold my hoops. Okay. You not talk <laughs> about the Patriots about like that in front of my best friend without fucking with me first. <laughs> right. I've been a fan for two quarters. I will fight you. Right. Right. <laughs> and also you're like, all this winning is fun. I could get used to it. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't I was bad. Like, yeah, it's nice, right? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I can't read your handwriting on this one. Mentally, Mentally inseparable. Inseparable. Oh, okay. Finish each other's sentences. Um, think of another often. Always seem in tune. That's a good way of putting it. Definitely. Yeah, always seem in tune. Yeah. Like you can insane. always tell when there's somebody. Yeah. You can always tell when you're with somebody and it just doesn't feel right, you know? Oh, for sure. Well, or like, you know, I like I think about my like one of my best friends in the world, Josh. Like, we literally send each other memes probably like twenty four times a day. Yeah. And it's just like I'm like, there's no one else I do that with, but it's cause we're always like I think of him when I see some of this funny shit. And so mm-hmm. it's like even though we live far away, like we're like have that weird connection all the time, you know. Mentally inseparable. Yeah. Okay. Um, this next one, too. This is another Josh one. A feeling of security or calm. Like, you always mm-hmm. just feel at home, um, safe around this person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're just comfortable around this person. Like, mm-hmm. doing your everyday mundane stuff, watching TV, it feels comfortable doing that with somebody else. Right. Or, yeah. There's an ease to it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not, you don't have fear of anything, you know, around them, insecurities or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm surprised you wrote this next one down. <laughs> Just for the first part. This is us. You never. Yeah. <laughs> Again, never this is us. Of, <laughs> right. You never get sick of talking to them, and no topic is off limits. Um, that is the first thing. Like, if I realize that I don't like somebody. It's when I'm just like, oh, my God, why won't they be quiet? Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, I want some quiet time. Why won't they just shut up? Right. I can relate. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. first of all, I'll do the talking here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got the memo, but I'm Beth, and I will do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like, I know, like, pe- there's people where it's just like, the longer that I hang out with them, the more exhausted I get. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I have a general disdain for talking on the phone. Like, I hate, hate talking on the phone. I hate small talk. And yeah. there are people I just can't stand to, like, go on forever with. But there are certain, the people that I do talk on the phone with, I could talk to them forever. I talk to Ray Porter, mm-hmm. like, once a week for at least an hour. <laughs> That is fair. I'm going to have to get up to use the bathroom for a second. Oh, you're going to be pee-pee boy? Yeah, I'm going to be pee-pee boy. Okay. Can you rant for a little bit I on will. number nine? I will. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Ooh, again, I got some rants on number nine, too. Again, when I come I'm back. Beth, and I'll do the talking, so it's not a problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. When I come back, I want to rant about this one, too. Okay, perfect. Well, that one before, you never get sick of talking to them, sort of leads into this one, which is respect. you also respect each other's alone time. So, you know, while you enjoy hanging out with this person, all, like, all the time, and you rarely get sick of them, you still both respect each other's alone time. And I know I, for one, am somebody 
who requires a great deal of alone time. And so these people that like are energy suckers or like people who have like a really like intense need for attention and I do not tend to be able to last very long because um, I know I've talked about this on the show before, but like I'm an empath and so I feel the energies of everyone around me and it's physically exhausting So I require a lot of alone time because I have to recharge from being around other people physically, you know, like I physically require alone time because otherwise people would wear me out like literally to death. No, that's a good point. You've said that in a couple of episodes before, Mm -hmm. too, to where, um, yeah, you just need to recharge and being around a large group of people will do the same thing to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I just feel like, you know, <clears throat> everyone's alone time is is private and precious, and you should definitely respect it. Um, I've said this to a couple of people before, like, I you don't have to reside in my asshole to where I know that you're still there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm going to need you to not. Like, I, I literally fear for, like, my next serious relationship because I'm, like, legitimately going to have to be, like, you're going to need to keep your own house. We can never move in together. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, do I get my own room or? Yeah, I'm going to need my own wing of the house. Like, <laughs> Plus, there's a big trust thing there that I, 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 I can respect and I can appreciate. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, when somebody wants to know what you're doing all the time, it's like, I'm just, I'm still in my fucking chair watching Netflix. I, what do you want from me? Right. And you don't need to like become each other's identity. You know what I mean? No, you should always no, no. maintain that sense of yourself. Nothing is more annoying that those cup, uh, than those couples who are, you know, Nate and Lisa. You don't think of them as separate individuals. Like, oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, anyway, what's number 10, Brian? This is a good one. Uh, you keep bumping into each other. Yeah. I've noticed that a couple of times, yeah, to where, you know, um, you might date somebody and then eh, it doesn't really work out, so you just kind of split your own ways, but you keep bumping into them. Yep. Yeah, my ex, uh, one of my exes, it was funny because we'd been friends for, like, a really long time, mm-hmm. and before we kind of, like, reconnected, you know, we'd lost touch for a while, and then we, um, the reason we even started dating was because, like, we literally just kept bumping into each other. Like literally one time I was at Buffalo Wild Wings standing by the bar with someone else. And like mm-hmm. we physically bumped into each other. Like he turns around and notices that like my sweater was off my shoulder. And he literally like picks it up and we both turn <laughs> around and look at each other. And we're like, oh, shit. Hey, <laughs> like yeah. I was like, what is this stranger doing touching me? And he didn't know it was me either. He just thought he was helping some. But weird stuff like that kept happening where we were like, constantly the universe was putting us together. Yeah. So, and it could be like, this could sort of be that whole past lives thing too. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. This one I think is a very important distinction too. You do Mm -hmm. not feel jealousy or worry about their relationships with other people threatening yours. That's a good one. Ryan, no one is ever going to be more important to you than me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's true. I've said it before. I don't have a jealous bone in my body, yeah. but yeah. Um, no, it's very important that, like you said, with the, uh, like we said earlier, with the trust, it's the jealousy or worry. Like, just make it stop. I think that jealousy or worry is your intuition telling you that there's something wrong. You know what I mean? 
Uh, could be. And, and could so, be. like, if you don't feel jealous, it's because you do feel at ease because your intuition is telling you you can't you trust this person or whatever. But when you start yeah. to feel jealous, it's because you're worried about something going badly or someone deceiving you, you know, which maybe is your body's way of telling you this isn't the right thing. Could be. Yeah. All right. Moving along, um, you feel a clear distinction between life before them and life after them. Yeah, I think we touched on that before, but yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's so huge. Yeah. Um. Oh, this next one, too, is so huge. There is absolutely no force with the relationship. That is, like, you don't feel, nothing about it feels forced. Yeah. And I know no, that, like, anytime you start dating somebody, there's always, like, this, like... <laughs> I don't know. You have to like get out of your comfort zone to like accommodate time for them and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes things can feel a little forced, even far into a relationship. Sometimes shit can feel forced. Oh, I'm sure. Sh- yeah. Yeah. More I- more likely into a relationship, but yeah, no, you're right. Like when you're first dating somebody, you've got to come out of, um, like you said, your shell. You got to come out of your shell and. Uh, it may feel a little forced, but you know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it feels natural. Right. Sometimes it's, like, it's just kind of like this person makes you feel comfortable and at ease. I hate compromise. I'm very set in my ways. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like a very like if something doesn't push me out of my comfort zone, then yeah, that is a, probably a sign for a soulmate for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Makes sense. Um. Next is you may literally feel each other's emotions. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen before. Well, yeah. Kind of going back to my empath thing. I mean, I already do that with all the people around Mm -hmm. me. But like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, it's even more serious. You know what I mean? Because like when you're around each other all the time, there's no Mm -hmm. break from that. You know? Right. And it can be exhausting. And if someone is draining you, like that is probably a sign that. They're just feeding you negative energy. Yeah. So. Uh, That's a good one. Okay. And the final one, and I think this is absolutely the most important one. You don't lose any part of yourself when your lives begin to intertwine. No, that's perfect. Yeah. So many times in relationships, people get in relationships and they like who they are changes. You -hmm. know, because they start modifying themselves in a way to, you know, accommodate that other person in their life. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, oh, Becky stops drinking because Scott doesn't drink or whatever, you know, like, or even just, you know, like I've known people that have been like, I'm never going to have kids who end up having kids because their partner wanted them to. Fair. Like someone who's truly this soulmate spirit for you would be somebody that you don't lose any part of yourself in because this person doesn't expect you to change, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah, be your most stuff. authentic self, and they, you know, like they said earlier, they love you the most authentically because it's unconditional. Yeah, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, it, I was kind of, I was happy to learn. I hope that some of the listeners kind of learn too that. A soulmate isn't this um, gross, you know, weird, you know, fairy tale story. There's actually different types of soulmates. Um, Not always good. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing I took away from it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to last for a lifetime. Absolutely. Um, Be willing to let go, you know, and just appreciate mm-hmm. and try to think about, you know, the positive that you gained from whatever it was. And I think that's sort yep. of like a good way to live your life in general is that no matter what shitty things happen to you, it's not about what happens to you. It's about how you deal with it, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. And, little- and there was one of the articles that I saw that was like a soulmate versus a life partner. And there is a huge difference. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that was one of the things I left out of this because I felt like that was one of the keys to the difference between a life partner and a soulmate is there mm-hmm. were some of them that kept saying, like, you share similar life goals. No, absolutely not. A soulmate no. is just about that genuine connection. It's not about what they're going to do for you. Like, it's not about what they're going to do for you to, like, help you achieve your goals. Like, out loud, it's something more like you learn after they've left your life. So it's not like, I want to have kids, so I'm going to get married to this guy because my whole dream in life is to have a family and a picket fence and 2.3 kids or whatever. Like, that's mm. a life partner. Right. A soulmate is like the girl you experimented with in college. <laughs> sure. Or it could be, you know, your bartender one night who um, gave you a little perspective on a, on a situation you were dealing with. For sure. You know, anybody who kind of like guides you throughout your life or changes something that makes you change something, that's a soulmate. Definitely. I agree. So stop letting Hollywood fill your head with all of these ideas of perfect romance that's so intense and, you know, everything is going to go perfect now that they're in your life and you live happily ever after. Like, newsflash, no one lives happily ever after. Till the day you die, shit will go wrong. <laughs> okay? like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so just appreciate the good and the bad that people bring to you in your life and... You know, then you will probably live a much happier life and make much more meaningful connections with other people. That sounds much better than the Disney story of what love is. Are you willing to go on record saying that you now believe in a soulmate? I will go on record and say that I believe in a soulmate. If it's this type of soulmate, yes. Awesome. Um, Yeah. It's just too bad that most of my soulmates have been the wrecking ball soulmate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> preach okay i'm like i'm like those ones took up years of my life i'll mm-hmm. never get back <laughs> yeah no for sure oh man well you know we learned something and now well, we're, i learned a lot we're delivering all of that life knowledge to you audience absolutely so you're welcome for saving you five and a half years of your life <laughs> 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 I feel like you owe us. If we had a Patreon, uh, I would I would ask you to donate at this point, but uh, we don't. Because we're so la- we're so lazy. What does it take five <laughs> minutes to set it up? It's like how people keep telling us, you know, you guys should really get better about your Instagram and Twitter. We're like too much work, and they're like, but it only takes like a minute a day, and we're like, nope, still mm. too much. We've, you know what? We've tried. We're not it. willing to do it. Actually, today I went to go post something to our Twitter, just an episode or something real quick. And um, 
you know, it's like, hey, you haven't logged in in a while. Uh, what's your password? And I'm like, well, maybe it's this. And it's like, nope, it's not that. I was like, well, maybe it's this. Nope, it's not that. And I said, ah, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Like, eh. I was just going to try to, you know, see if I could put an episode on there and get a couple extra numbers. Eh. Right. I got to reset a password. It's like Come every on. time I get a new computer or something. And it's like all the passwords were saved in the old one. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that life is dead now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that bath has gone. <laughs> yeah. If I ever get a different phone or a different computer, it's like I, right. I start a new life. Yeah. If you Or if you ever like, <laughs> if I ever like give someone my password because of an emergency situation, I'm like, congratulations, you're now Beth Franzak because that is <laughs> the password to everything about me in my life. Yep. Yep. I always say, say though, but we are easy targets for identity theft. But you know what? I live by the motto that the best way to not have your identity stolen is to have one no one wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come and get this five seventy credit score if you want. Right, right. <laughs> you want to handle all that student loan debt while you're there? Okay, perfect. All yours, buddy. All yep. yours. Eighty grand. All yours. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> 80 grand worth of a boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. Come and get this debt off of my off of me if you want For to. For real. But also, why hasn't some kind hacker, like, just gone in and done this by now? You know, that's the thing. Why are they always stealing people's identity? Why don't they just, like, pay off my shit? Right. Come on, social justice vigilantes. Right. Get in there and pretend like Visa and I never met, okay? <laughs> it's not that hard. You're over here no, sending me viruses to my work computer on a daily basis. Invest that time more wisely and erase my student yeah. loan debt. <laughs> yeah. Erase everyone's student loan debt. For real. Oh, Dutch. <laughs> I know. He's so being so loud today. I shouldn't have left the front door open. <laughs> anyway... What about shout-outs, Barry? You got anything? Um, you know, well, I don't know. If you're in the Kansas City area, um, check out the, oh gosh, what is it called? There's that pop-up bar that I went to. I was sending you pictures. Oh, that from. was so rad. I was so jealous. Oh, it's so cool. And it's like they just, they, they find a space um, and somebody has a liquor license and they make a pop-up bar. Oh, um, cool. And yours was like Christmas-themed. Yeah. Which yeah, it's it was called. Um, let me see. I got better watch out. Is the name of the bar, or the name of the pop up? And I'm um, such a dork for Christmas. It's stupid. Like I was like the best part of having two places to live now is uh, my favorite day of the year, which is Christmas decorating the house. Is now two days, one for each yeah. house. Yeah, and it, I, I mean they so they did the um, the spookeasy. Um, what was that called? Apparition. Um, during Halloween, and now it's better watch out. And it's they've got like a, a fireplace with Santa Claus coming down the the chimney with an axe in his hand, <laughs> and it's yeah, and it says "Hail Santa" on the top of it. I mean, I mean, it's really it's really cool. And they they have these Christmas themed drinks. Um, oh yeah, that was so badass. Yeah, uh, really cool place. So if you're in the Kansas City area, give that a check that out. Better watch out. Um, it's Edward. Shamals. And if you're in North Carolina, don't get your hopes up because nothing that cool happens here. (laughs) (laughs) Except, except Cliff Cash comedy shows. I just have to give a shout out to my good friend Cliff Cash. 
He's one of the most brilliant comics ever. And I went to see one of his shows last night. And it was funny because I he, he it was like a half hour away from the apartment. So I was like, well, I'll go, right? And um, I, uh, I messaged him on Facebook beforehand and I was like, Cliff, if I drive all the way to Andrews, you better tell the joke about your sister and your dad. <laughs> and <laughs> last time we performed together like a month ago in Asheville, I was like, oh my God, you got to tell that. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to tell that. He's like, there's a lot of people here that I know, so I got to try to do like different stuff. And I was like, oh, fine. Oh, and uh, <laughs> so like, it was funny because, you know, I came in a little bit late and he was like, I didn't think you were here, so I wasn't going to do it, but I, I saw you come in and I was like, all right. I'm going to do it. I was like, and then he did it. And it was funny. He's like a really small town, like not the crowd to think that joke was funny, but he put it Mm -hmm. all on the line for me just so I could hear my favorite joke. So nice. So go see Cliff Cash at Cliff Cash Comedy. Um, Yeah. And then if you are in the central Illinois or surrounding area, don't forget that on December 21st, I will be performing at the Christmas Crack Up. At Not Too Far Bar in Ivesdale, Illinois, from 8 to 11 p.m., where I will be reunited with my good friend Bobby Singh from Altercation Comedy Festival. So if you are in Chicago, go see Bobby. He is amazing. Um, And then there's lots of other really great people on it, too. Jacob Neville, Matt Thomas, um, Deshaun. I forget what his last name is. Um, I keep wanting to say someone else's last name who has a middle name to Sean, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but anyway, it will be a lot of fun and, um, yeah, come hear me tell the jokes that were inspired by people in the same room as them hearing it. They'll be hearing it for the first time, the people who inspired a lot of my jokes. So it should be very hilarious and (laughs) awkward. (laughs) That will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's give another quick shout out to, um, Not Your Normal Murder. Yes. Another podcast. Um, how do you know these people? So uh, my friend Deirdre and her sister Mary uh, have this true crime podcast. Not Your Normal Murder refers to Normal Illinois, where they are from. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a very fun true crime show, and they are hilarious and informative. And uh, as a matter of fact, Greg, Mary is... A doctorate licensed clinical therapist. Yeah. And then the. Um, <laughs> so if you the want other- a peer reviewed crime show, unlike cults, this is the one for you. Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, one of them is, yeah, the uh, licensed um, psychiatrist yeah, kind of sort of. That's what I was health. just saying. Mary is. Yeah. And then the other one is actually um, an attorney. No, or- she was a criminal justice major. Criminal justice major. So it's really cool to see, like... They get both sides spin. of it, yeah. Yeah, you get the spin of, well, this person is crazy, and but how can we convict him upon this? You know, it's really cool to see that both sides... And their first episode was Andrea Yates, which, if you remember Andrea Yates, she is the mother who drowned her five kids in the bathtub. I do. I remember that. Yeah. I think I lost yeah. my innocence that day. I was like, oh, people just be fucking drowning their kids, huh? All right. Like, well, welcome oh, you to adulthood. <laughs> Oh, you can just do that? Yeah. Yeah, very strange. And it was, I mean, they did a great job on the episode. And, you know, there's a lot of religious um, motivations behind the murder Mm -hmm. because she felt like her kids were getting to that age to where they could sin and they could go to hell. Well, and And yeah, 
It's like she drowned them to prevent that. Well, and it's like this is what I, Brian and I have been talking about, like from <sighs> listening to cults so much. Is I'm like, dude, religion is the worst. It just fucking destroys people. The worst, yes. It destroys yes. people. It makes we've them never crazy. ever taken. Yeah, we've never taken like a religious front on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Besides but, Brian being an actual licensed minister <laughs> of the the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, is it? That is it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the the um the FSM, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that and you know, I mean, I've kind of joked around with, you know, the Satanic Children's Big Book of Activities. It's <laughs> the greatest stupid burgess you ever made. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like how progressive was that book? to like understanding and accepting differences in individuals. It was so and- fucking real. Like this is the kid shit kids should be reading cuz it's like Devin's getting bullied at school. Find a bunch of positive words that you can say to Devin to help him feel better. I think it was Damien, but What oh it was Damien, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. But, but no, still. I mean it's very progressive. It's very like the Satanic Church or the Satanic Temple, they are not about what a lot of people think it is mm-hmm. and this whole notion of um satanists that comes from the christians who are like no you shouldn't live your life the way you want to you need to live your life in solitude and in servant of i right i, I feel like we're going on a rant here and i don't know if that's appropriate yeah no for we'll save it we actually <laughs> well i was gonna say actually we want to do a whole episode on relationships and religion so we'll save it for that I have had um, a match on Tinder tell me if I wasn't Christian, then she would not she would not go out with me, and it's kind of like, what? Huh? <laughs> You're like I well, see that all the time. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's immediate sli- swipe left. Yeah, when it's like God comes first. Fine with mm. me. We're like, <laughs> sure he does, Susan. Sure he does. Yeah. God comes first, and you will never. All right. Well, good luck on Christian mingle, sis. We'll see you around. <laughs> Probably and not. I've heard though. shit. I've heard shit on people who like will join Christian Mingle because they might not be religious, but there's like I'm not going to get dick pics or you know get asked for nudes on here. Surprise! Or That's or all you get asked for. Or yeah, because they know that the du- I know someone who joined it who did it specifically because he knew that the rest of the dudes that are the competition on that website are going to be a bunch of fucking nerds. And if he was the cool guy on there, who's like remotely attractive, that he was going to get all the pussy. And how'd that work out? Uh, Very well, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, there was a movie. God, it's on Netflix. It's with uh, Paul Rudd, uh, where he gets cloned. Have you seen this? It's not a movie. It's a series. No. No, it's so good. You should see it. Tom Brady plays he. There's a cameo of Tom Brady in it. What? Really good show. I wish I could remember what the name of it was, but it's like it's probably because um, I'm illegally logged into Netflix only at the apartment into some strange family's account. I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> I gotta wait to watch Netflix over there. <laughs> but it's this thing where like I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna go too far into it and ruin it for everyone. But um, supposedly you go to this clinic and they do this stuff. It's like a spa, a hell spa. And they rejuvenate you, and you're just so much more motivated and happier and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
he sees Tom Brady coming out of it. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> and he's like, "Is this is, there, is this your first time? Is there physically goes, imaginable someone more of like a a success case than Tom Brady? His life is perfect." Right. <laughs> and that's the thing. So Paul Rudd asks him, "He's like, is this your first time here?" And he goes, "No, seven. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Well, shit." <laughs> so it's like, yeah. It, it, Anyway, what they end up doing is they clone you and they pull out all of this, all of the shitty parts out of you and don't clone that. And they, uh, anyway, it, it, it's kind of interesting though, because the relationship with his wife, like now all of a sudden there's this clone of him who is all super happy and positive and, you know, wonderful, successful, and she fucking hates him. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, going to say, I wouldn't want to be like that sunshine rainbows person. No. No, he's all lovey-dovey and so romantic and all this other stuff. And she's like, this sucks. <laughs> that Beth is dead. She's in an old computer with all them old passwords somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. She sucks. She had to go. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a little ranty. I, I, I mean, might be a little drunk right now. I mean, but we didn't go on a single tangent like the whole show besides we that. saved it we saved we it did. so i mean if you want to you can turn it off now we're gonna rant for 20 more minutes right like one exact hour will be a good time to just you know call it a day on this episode <laughs> we're already over an hour we won't be mad at you yeah <laughs> anyway. if you call it an hour yeah anyway all right well don't forget to uh subscribe to the show it will let you know when new episodes are coming up uh email us at fnbpodcast at gmail.com that's the letters f nbpodcast at gmail.com give us your show ideas questions queries all that jazz um Mm -hmm. and yeah don't forget to rate us and leave us a nice review because it helps the show absolutely all right well take care you little soulmates (laughs) (laughs) take care you little uh franks and beans and soul food mates (laughs) all right bye bye